1: Hello, and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are talking about pets and our human babies, the struggle and the guilt that comes along with that. Now, before we jump in the episode, I want to talk to our third trimester mamas. Now is the time to join our mommy mentorship program. We created this program to help support new expectant moms like you To help you feel less overwhelmed, less isolated, more confident, and empowered in your new role as mom. It's quite often said that it takes a village to raise a baby, but the reality is, is it takes a village to raise a mother, and we would love to have you join our village. Okay, let's jump into the episode. Now, for a lot of us who are pet lovers, our pets are our first babies, Sometimes a dog is quite often like, you know, jokingly said, like your trial baby. When you, you and your partner get a dog, it's like, oh, you're getting ready to have a baby. Um, but like we love our pets like our babies. We, you know, quite often call them our fur babies. And then when we have our human babies, there is an inevitable shift that happens in the dynamics and relationships with our pets. And that shift can bring a lot of guilt. It can bring struggles and it just, you know, it can sometimes make a challenging period of the fourth trimester and figuring out being a new mom and make it a little bit more challenging when you're trying to also figure out, you know, your new role as human mom and pet mom.
0: Yeah, I know. I really struggled with this. And I've often felt guilty. And it's funny because the struggle and the guilt even five years later, because my, my sons are turning five, it's still there, right? Like there are still things that I struggle with and things that I feel guilty about when it comes to Jagger, our dog, who was definitely my first baby and he was for four years right like we had jagger for four years and then the kids came and um jagger had kind of the perfect life (laughs) and then the kids came and his life kind of got turned upside down um and in some ways it has improved some and in some ways it hasn't right and um so it's always been a struggle and i know you have not well. You had not only a dog but you also had a cat. So you yeah. had two fur babies.
1: Yeah, I had two fur babies, so Phoenix our dog, um she was 11 when Freya was born. So she was older. Um you know, we were out of that puppy stage. So the transition with her um because of her age it wasn't as challenging I guess you would could say like she was already at the, you know, I like to sleep a lot. She was established. Um, she was my ride or die. And I say was be, because she um, she passed away almost two years ago um, at the age of 15 and a half. But um, so, you know, when Freya was born, she was still like she was very happy to go for walks Um, And was a big walker, but she was also very happy to just chill out at home with me. And um, she was like, and like, she really was my ride or die. Like um, I had had her from when she was six months old and um, like she was with me every day. Uh, But for her, there wasn't a big shift. Um, And then we also had Jax or Jackson, um, but we like, his name was Jackson, but we called him Jack. And he had he really did struggle every time we had a baby, and I say did because he passed away uh, a couple three weeks ago. So that one is still really fresh and raw, and it was very sudden. But and so he was our first baby in this in our home. Um, we moved in, and then the following year we got Jax as a kitten. So he was very much our baby, um, and. There was a lot of, a lot of struggle, not so much with Freya, but definitely once Finn came along, there was a lot of struggle with him, and that really, when that was figured out, that was, there was a lot of guilt, a lot of guilt that came along with it, and we were able to fix it, um, but it was definitely a lot of challenging times um, with Jax too. That was hard, which was
0: really hard, with us and Jagger, like. He was my constant companion. And I know we've talked about Keith traveling for work and stuff, but Keith used to travel a lot more than he even does now. And so, which
1: I will say is insane because he's gone (laughs) so much. And like, when you say that he was gone more like that just blows my mind.
0: Yeah. He would be gone for three weeks and then home for a week. So it was me and Jagger and Basically, if I wasn't at work, I was with Jagger. I would take him like everywhere with me. Like I take him to my parents' house. I would take him for walks. Like every morning I would work out and Jagger would go with me and my mom usually. And we'd go get some exercise. So he was kind of everywhere with me. And then... Even when we announced that we were having the twins, like he was front and center in our pregnancy announcement. Yeah, and it's he because yeah. So yeah. the twins, he was front and center, and then with when we were announcing Caroline, the boys were front and center, and there was no Jagger in the picture. And it's funny too because like even when we had the boys and we got family pictures taken, Jagger was in the picture, and then by the time Caroline came around there was so much chaos that like, I think I got one picture when she was a baby, but like, it wasn't a very good picture because I was always trying to incorporate him. And I know it was really hard when the boys came and I could tell he was kind of mad at me because Jagger used to sleep every night on my bed, like the end of my bed. And he didn't want to be anywhere near my room. He just wanted to be like left alone and I felt that made me feel like terrible inside right I was kind of broken over that but there was so much stuff going on that I couldn't really take care of that um and I know so that really bothered me and then Keith's like don't worry he's like he'll want to start sleeping on your bed again and I remember a few times trying to get him to sleep on my bed again this is when the boys were still babies but a little bit older and like he would have like none of it. He would just jump off and like run out of the room. That's heartbreaking. Well, yeah, because clearly he's mad at me, right? And uh, with Caroline, like he still wasn't sleeping on the bed. And it's only been probably the last six months that he's wanted to sleep in my bedroom again,
1: which really? is crazy. That's yeah. crazy.
0: Yeah. So the boys are turning five. Caroline's turning three and he's, yeah, there's always been a bed, like one of his dog beds in our bedroom. And, uh, he's finally started to like sleep in that dog bed again. He won't sleep on the bed, which is fine, but, uh, yeah, he's happy in the dog bed now, but it's taken him a long time. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Like Phoenix,
1: Um, like I said, like, because she was, she was older, um, she was like really just, you know, happy that I was home all the time and, you know, we, she was still very active. She, she was a beagle. So she had, you know, she, she had to have her two walks a day. Um, and I found that was like really good. Like when I had Freya, um, obviously there was a bit of a struggle and I felt really guilty, Um, not being able to, like when I initially had Freya and like, we were still at the hospital. Um, I felt really guilty that I wasn't able to go like see Phoenix right away and like go home and that my parents were having to take care of her, which was fine because like when I lived at home, like when I got when I got Phoenix, I was still living at home. So she was still technically a family dog, even though she was like my dog, um, And so she was very happy with them. And that wasn't the issue. It just felt like, oh, you know, like I have to go see her. And I normally we're always together. And and I so that was like my first touch of feeling guilty about, you know, being away from her. And then when I came home, I had this big, grand hope that she would be, you know, what you see on those like on viral videos of like that the dog and the baby being best friends and the dog wanting to be with the baby all the time. And like this massive, like instantly falling in love with each other. And the, and I had this, these high, high hopes. And she was just like, okay, like she, she was very indifferent. Like she was excited, but there was no like, you know, you're my person claiming to to Freya. It was just like, okay, like, can you give me dinner? Like, you know, like, it was just like, okay, like, let's move on. Um, and she was really, but she was really good with Freya too. She's, um, she loved kids and she was so, so good with, with kids. And, you know, she could have her ears pulled. Like she, she was a really like, you know, a, a unicorn dog in the sense of she was a one in a life, once in a lifetime beagle. Um, but, uh, yeah, like it was just like, okay, I can feel the little bit of, of, um, of guilt coming in when I first had Freya, but then things settled in really, really easily. And I found that having Phoenix was a really great way to like, get myself out of the house in my, in the fourth trimester and, you know, in the first year, cause I was like, okay, like Freya and I have to take her for walks and that's what we got to do. So I found that was really great. Um, and you know, when I had, Fre- when I had Freya, Jax, Jax kind of did the, you're my, you're my person to Freya. And, uh, apparently I, <laughs> I always laugh when I like list through my names because I have the F sound, <laughs> trend in all of my, in most of my names, um, except Maeve, except for me and Jax. Um, but you know, three out of five have an F sound. Um, but Jax like was always within arm's reach of Freya. He loved her to bits and he was just, you know, he wasn't never like too close to her. He was just there in every picture of Freya. He's in the picture just outside of arm's reach. Um, and so like, that was a pretty smooth transition, but, um, when, when we had Finn, um, that was like probably our biggest set of struggles that really started to happen. And that was with Jack's and we have actually talked talk. I've talked about this before, uh, on the podcast when we talked about, um, like prepping your, your pets for the baby coming. And, um, but Jack's after Finn was born, he, he just, he really struggled. And it was, it was really hard and frustrating because I didn't realize what was going on. You know, like I was a new mom of two, I was trying to keep it together. And Finn was a notorious, notorious crier. Like Finn cried, his cry was just so ear piercingly loud and Jack's all a started all of a sudden just kind of like stepped out of the picture and I didn't really see it. Like realize it. I just thought, you know, Finn cries all the time. He's so loud because he hurt my ears. And, um, I was just like, okay, like Jack's is hiding in the basement because he's struggling because of Finn, like how loud it is. And, and then, and then Jack started to behaviorally act out. And then this more struggles became apparent. And so for months um, he was peeing all over the house and um, on the carpet. And, and, you know, for anyone who has a cat, you know, and you've had a cat that pees in your house, like it destroys your house. Like it is, <laughs> it smells, it smells. And like, you can't get it out. It is just like the yeah. enzymes in cat pee is just horrible horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, and so that created a really big struggle because, you know, I'm trying to keep the house clean. I want Jack's to be happy. And, and then he's, you know, peeing and pooping all around the house. It was just so frustrating. And that went on for a really long time. And so we started, you know, I just, when I clued in that he obviously something is not right. Um, you know, I went to the vet, we problem solved everything that could possibly be wrong with him. And none of it was helping it. And in a last ditch effort, because Peter was just getting so angry and so frustrated. And I'm feeling terribly, terribly guilty, because I know, like something's wrong with Jax, and I need to take care of him. He is my baby, I need to take care of him. But I'm also having to take care of my Two human babies and my other dog as well. And I just felt so pulled apart in so many different directions because I couldn't, I didn't know what was wrong with him. And I was so desperate to make him okay. And so in the last stitch effort, I actually um, reached out to a animal communicator, more like a pet psychic, and and we did a I did a reading with both of them, both Phoenix and, uh, Jack's. And I know like some listeners are going to be like, Oh, this is so exciting. And other listeners are going to be like, Oh, Katie, this is ridiculous. You just had your money taken away. (laughs) That's fine. You can think, you know, your opinions is fine. So I was like, but I was just, you know, when you get to that desperate, desperate part where you're just like, I need, this is my hail Mary. Like I need something to work. I'm just going to throw the ball and try so I did it, it came with a recommendation from a woman I worked with. And I was like, yeah, you know, whatever, I'll do it. I did it. And um, I did the reading with Jax and it was supremely sad. It was, it was really, really heartbreaking, um, which then led to so much guilt for me because um, in the reading, it was brought up, the the communicator brought up and said that, you know, he was saying that he was very, he all kept saying over and over again, that he was my baby. He was my first baby. He was here before the kids were born and why don't we love him anymore? Um, And you know, what did he do wrong? And everything clicked into place that through this like communicator that he was feeling neglected. And I was trying to I had been trying to, I had been trying to give him his space because I thought Finn was the cause of the stress. So in my, you know, my attempt to be kind and considerate to him and giving him what I thought he needed was actually making him feel more neglected, which then spurred on his behavior and the urinating. Um, but like after that reading, I just cried because I felt so terrible because I would never want anybody to feel the way that he felt. And he told the communicator that he felt like that. And it was just, it was absolutely heartbreaking. I just felt so terrible.
0: Well, and I think that's how most of us end up feeling at some point when we have a pet that is one of our babies. Right. And suddenly You find yourself with these other human babies and you're kind of being pulled in a whole bunch of different directions, right? So I think, you know, the way Jax was feeling is probably the way a lot of pets feel when children are introduced, right? Especially when you keep adding and, you know, with every new child, you get pulled a little bit more, right? Yeah, I will
1: will say like, after that, like we, things got better. We, I apologize. And like knowing that he needed one-on-one intention and he was craving that to be my baby again, um, things corrected literally overnight. And like how you said, Jagger is just starting to sleep on your bed. Jax went from sleeping on her bed to Finn being born and not being a part of her, like being around at all to having the 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 animal communicator speak and then um you know our conversation our resolution to him sleeping on our bed for the first time in eight months that yeah night, it was it was crazy and so like I'm totally a believer like like just you saying that Jagger's just starting to come sleep on the bed that made me like Reminded me of like, yeah, Jack's like that night, Jack started up and he went back and he started sleeping on our bed again. And we were
0: able to fix that. And well, and with Jagger, I actually tried, like I tried to get him to sleep in my room with me. He just didn't want to, right? (laughs) Like I'm over it. I don't, I don't know if it was because like the kids would get up and he just didn't want to be disturbed or, and now the kids are older and they sleep through the night most of the nights, but Um, I would say Caroline's birth was actually the low point for Jagger uh, because like with the boys, when they were first born and stuff, um, I wasn't walking a whole heck of a lot the first probably six weeks. Well, definitely the first six weeks that I had a C-section, but probably more like eight to ten weeks. And then I would say when they were about six months, I started to walk the twins in the double buggy with the dog right like when spring rolled around because they were fall babies so then jagger was starting to get for walks go for walks and stuff and then once caroline was born and i had three kids it was a lot harder for me to take jagger because when caroline was six months old and spring rolled around i had a triple stroller so i couldn't take the triple stroller and the dog so I would say caroline being a baby was probably the low point for jagger and i still feel a little bit guilty about that one but with that being said like it was kind of an up and down it was almost like a roller coaster with jagger once the kids were born right because like it was a low point when the boys were born and then like things got better and then caroline was born and it was a low point again and now like things are really good for him And he loves the kids, he plays with the kids, the kids snuggle him, he loves to be in the kitchen when they're eating because they throw him scraps, like, you know, so even though you have to like kind of go through the struggle and the guilt, you know, at some point, it it doesn't go back to the way it was, but it does get a lot better for both you and your fur baby.
1: Yeah, I think for me, what I learned with like specifically with Jax was that I needed to actively because like, you know, at the end of the day when baby's asleep and, you know, you've tidied up or whatever and you've had this long day, you've hardly slept and you're tired. You just want to sit down on the couch and, you know so often I was just feeling like touched out because they're always being touched. Right. And I just wanted to just sit and veg and just sit on the couch and watch TV for a half an hour before I went to bed or before Finn woke up at 10 o'clock because he was like clockwork. Um, you know, you're sitting there by your quiet. And so like, I was just desperate to sit, but then I had to actively make myself take the I had to actively pick Jax up and be like, I'm giving you your one-on-one attention that you need so that I was ensuring that he was getting exactly what he needed. So it was, you know, I had to really take the act, make an active effort to make sure I was meeting his needs when I could. And, and I also, you know, I make a point of, as the kids got older with Jax, I made a point of, you know making the kids they took on roles and relationship and built their relationship with him too. So not only was he getting affection and love for me, but he was also getting it from the kids and he was really great with the kids. And, you know, like I really did make a point of taking the time so that he also got the one-on-one attention that he craved because he, he, like he said, I, you know, I, I even before I had Maeve, um, I had a couple weeks before I had Maeve, I had another appointment with Jax, another reading with him, uh, with the communicator just to like, be like, okay, so in case you don't know, we're having another baby. Like we need to, I want you to know that this isn't going to happen again, like just to comfort and everything. And, and she even made a comment, like he is still, even in his age of, he was seven. Um, even in at seven, he still sees himself as an, your infant, like as your baby. And I know some people are rolling their eyes, but I believe it. So just bear with me. But um, so I, you know, really, even, you know, up until the end, I was still having to make a point of actively giving him the attention and the one-on-one time that he needed, just like I would with my, my human babies. So that like their needs were being met and their bucket was being filled. I needed to fill his bucket too. Um, but I still feel very guilty
0: with how he felt when Finn was born. Well, and like you said, like when you're vegging out in front of the TV, it's kind of the perfect time to get those snuggles in with the fur babies. Like that's what Jagger and I would do. We would sit on the couch and I would just like pet him right? Or Keith would be like, we'd be watching TV and Jagger's usually beside one of us or on our, he's small. So like in our labs. <laughs> um, so that was kind of his time, but um yeah, it, you're right. It is kind of figuring, carving out that little bit of time that you can spend with your animal. And as you uh, if you add children to the mix, it does become increasingly hard and you just kind of have to accept that it's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be some ups and downs as you navigate your life transitions. Um, it also becomes a transition for your, your pet too. Yeah. It's just
1: important to remember that not to forget them in the chaos of everything. And and it's not like we actively try and forget them. It's just, you know, life takes over and it becomes a whirlwind. And sometimes, you know, we miss things. And sometimes when a pet is just kind of pushed to the wayside, you know, it's not done on purpose or, you know, to hurt them. It's just things get very chaotic. So it's important to recognize that that can happen so that, like you said, we carve out that time to our best effort. So that doesn't happen. And I think this is a common theme because you and I both struggled with it, <laughs> but I think what's important too is like, you know, if you find yourself in this situation to just give yourself the grace and not be too hard and judge yourself, it doesn't make you a bad mom. It, and that's something that it's important to remember.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.